With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Women's Care Florida podcast, where we talk about the real healthcare issues affecting women today. Women's Care Florida is redefining healthcare in the Sunshine State with 16 Orlando area locations. For more information, visit womenscarefl.com. That's womenscarefl.com. I'm your host, Morgan Lash, and today we're joined by Women's Care Florida genetic counselor, Devin Fenley. Devin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We should preface this interview by saying Devin and I actually know each other from our time in Maryland, and we happen to both move down for our careers down here to Florida. Yes. So why don't we start with the basics of your job? Uh, What is a genetic counselor? So a genetic counselor has a couple different roles. Um, you know, a major role is patient education. So helping patients understand what genetic testing they're having, why it's being done, what the results are, and what the next steps are. Um, and the other part is emotional support for those results. Got it. You know, making sure that they have any support group information they need, that they're sharing this with family members and answering any questions or concerns that they have. And what are some of the benefits of having this type of testing done? So it depends on you know what the setting is. Mm-hmm. You can see a genetic counselor in prenatal setting, cancer, sure. pediatrics, if your child is having certain health conditions. Um, but the benefit of it is really to be proactive or preventative if there's something that you need to be looking out for in terms of cancer risk or health conditions for your child. And you mentioned that there are many different reasons why somebody would have this testing done. So why don't we start with the first one? We'll talk about hereditary cancer genetics. Uh, First off, why don't we talk about the difference between hereditary cancer and sporadic cancer? Yeah, definitely. You hear a lot about this on the news, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, So a lot of people tell me they think that all cancer is hereditary. Mm -hmm. It's actually the opposite. So most cancer is not hereditary. It's sporadic, meaning it's related to a combination of lifestyle factors, environmental exposures, hormonal factors, and a lot of factors we don't fully understand at this time. So for most people, there's no family history there. Um, We don't fully understand why they developed cancer, but we think it's a combination of factors. When someone has hereditary cancer, it means that they were born with a single change in their genes that's putting them at a very high risk. So in those cases, often we do see a family history, and those people are usually at a much higher risk than people without a hereditary cause. Okay, so who are the types of people that do have hereditary cancer? It's just a family line? Yeah, so, you know, a couple of the red flags that we expect Mm -hmm. to see are early ages of cancer, and we consider anything under the age of 50 to be particularly young. We look to see, are there rare cancers like ovarian cancer or pancreatic cancer that make us question why that person developed such a rare cancer type? Mm -hmm. Um, We also look to see, are there multiple generations affected? Because if this is hereditary, we expect to see it passing down through each generation. Um, And then the last thing that we look for is, are we seeing related cancers? So, you know, with a lot of these gene mutations, it's not just one cancer type. We can see breast and ovarian linked or colon and uterine linked. And so we look to see those patterns. Let's say you do the testing, you find out you do carry a gene for hereditary cancer. What are your next steps? 
Depends on the exact gene, but again, the overall goal is to be preventative and proactive. Okay. So, for example, if we find that someone carries a BRCA1 or BRCA2 change, mm-hmm. um, so a BRCA mutation, um, those genes are associated with a very high risk for breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and we can also see a risk for pancreatic, prostate, and melanoma cancers. So on the breast cancer side, if we know that someone's at a very high risk, they have a couple different options. The first is to do high-risk screening. So instead of just getting their mammograms every year, they would actually get breast MRIs as well, um, which is a little bit more sensitive, Mm -hmm. and you're doing that more frequently. So getting a screen every six months instead of a full year. That way, if something does present, the goal is we can pick it up at an earlier stage. Right. So it's a lot of preventative practices that you're doing. Exactly. And just getting more screenings. Other people choose to go um, with a different option and have Mm -hmm. preventative surgery. So a lot of people have heard about Angelina Jolie's story, testing positive, choosing to have preventative surgery. Um, It's a very personal choice. So there's a couple different options there. And I know there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding uh, cancer testing and specifically having a breast cancer gene. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. This is actually one of the most common things I hear from patients coming in is they've often heard someone had the breast cancer gene or had Mm -hmm. the BRCA gene, and they're confused about what that means. We all have these genes. These genes get a bad rap, but they're actually really important. We want them there Mm. because they protect us from cancer. So these genes, like the BRCA genes, are actually called tumor suppressor genes, meaning they're like the repair guys of our body. When we get damage from life, environment, aging, they're going to go in and correct that damage to keep tumors from forming in our bodies. So when someone says that, what they most likely mean is someone actually had a mutation or a spelling mistake in that gene that made it not able to do its job. And that's really where the problem comes in is, were you born with one of your two copies already not working? And now it's putting you at a higher risk to develop cancer. And then that's something that you can test for and take a look at what the exact issue is, correct? Exactly. So we run the testing, we find out if you have a mutation, which gene is it in? And then what are the cancers that are associated with that gene? So that we can hopefully be proactive, preventative regarding your cancer risks. Got it. And is this type of testing easily accessible and affordable for everyone? What's the cost like? Yeah, great question, because we get this all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's a big misconception out there that genetic testing is thousands of dollars, maybe 10 years ago. Um, But nowadays, even if someone does not have insurance, they don't meet their insurance criteria for coverage. There are labs that are doing this as low as $250 out of pocket. Wow. Um, If your insurance covers it, you have a family history, you meet criteria. Sometimes it's zero dollars. It can be covered by insurance. Well, that's really great to know. You're listening to the Women's Care Florida podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Lash. Today, we are joined by Women's Care Florida genetic counselor, Devin Fenley. Now, a huge part of your your job deals with prenatal testing. Women can actually have their genetic tests done before they're even trying to get pregnant, right? For certain genetic tests, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one major genetic test that you can have before becoming pregnant is called carrier screening. Okay. And this is screening for certain types of genetic conditions where parents can be carriers, meaning it's kind of hidden in your genes. So we all are carriers for lots of genetic conditions like cystic fibrosis, sickle cell disease, and being a carrier does not cause any health problems. So we never know someone's a carrier. We don't see any family history. We don't know until we do the genetic test. So typically the way it would work is a woman can get tested, 
find out if she's a carrier for one of these conditions. And then for most of them, her partner would also have to be a carrier. Okay. So then we would test him and find out if they're both carriers for the same condition. That way they can make pregnancy decisions, whether that's you know adoption, going through in vitro, doing prenatal testing, or just knowing that there's a risk for that and getting set up with a good pedi- pediatric team. So is this type of genetic counseling for someone before they're even attempting to get pregnant, is that something that you would recommend for most patients or is it kind of a case-by-case basis? So in terms of the genetic counseling, it is case-by-case depending on family history, how much information they want. So some people will choose to go to a genetic counselor to discuss mm-hmm. all the different test options. It does get a little bit complicated. Um, for other people, they can have this testing through their gynecologist. So if they let their gynecologist know, hey, I'm thinking about becoming pregnant soon what genetic testing is available to me. Um, Many gynecologists are comfortable ordering that testing. Um, So it'll it'll just depend on kind of their reason for coming in and how comfortable their gynecologist is with genetic testing. And then what about once you are pregnant? What type of genetic tests are available to those women? So the most common genetic screen that we do once someone is already pregnant, if they've already had carrier screen, Mm -hmm. is for screening conditions like Down syndrome. So these are chromosome conditions. These are a little bit different. Unlike the conditions before where you have to be carriers and these are kind of hidden in our genes, most of the cases of Down syndrome and other chromosome conditions, parents are not carriers. It's something that happens completely randomly at the time of conception. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, again, we can't screen until during. We don't see any family history of these. And those are simple blood tests. Um, There's a couple that are available. One of the more common ones you hear about is something called NIPT or cell-free fetal DNA screening. Has a lot of different names out there. Um, But what that test does is it actually looks at DNA coming from the placenta in mom's blood. So it's a DNA-based test and it looks at are we seeing the right amount of genetic information here? So it can tell you high or low risk for certain conditions like Down syndrome. Now, let's say that I am a completely healthy pregnant person with no issues in my family history. Do I still need to have genetic testing done? So it is a personal choice when it comes to genetic testing. For many people, they will consider having screening because, again, it's not related to someone's health. It's not related to any family history. Um, One of the factors is age. So, you know, as women get a little bit older, the risk for these conditions does increase. Um, So that's one factor to think about. But for most people, it's just a personal choice of if they think that's information that's going to be valuable for their pregnancy, you know, if they want to be able to prepare for what it would be like to have a child with one of those conditions. Sure. And now that the holidays are here, it has become very popular to gift direct-to-consumer genetics testing kits as a present. We've seen commercials and results posted to people's Facebook pages. And I would love to hear your take on these as a professional in this field. What do you think about these? Yeah. So, you know, there's two components of a lot of these direct-to-consumer genetic tests. Mm -hmm. The first, of course, is the ancestry piece. So a lot of people are doing this to find out what countries of origin are my families Mm -hmm. from, um, possibly tracking down family members. Um, And, you know, I think that side of it, as long as someone is reading through the fine print, making sure they're comfortable with all the privacy information there, it can be something that's fun to do. Um, You just do have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because you may get 1% (laughs) this, 1% that. Keeping in mind that might be multiple generations back. Um, But for the most part, it is fairly accurate. A lot of people ask that question, how accurate is it? It's looking at certain markers on your genetics that are linked back to these different areas. So it was fairly accurate, just keeping in mind this might be 
several generations removed. The other piece of testing, which is a little bit more questionable at times, is the healthcare component of some of these tests. Okay. So there are direct-to-consumer tests that can screen for certain hereditary cancer predispositions or can do certain types of carrier screening. However, they're much more limited than the types of testing that you're going to get from your physician. Um, one of the best examples is with the BRCA genes, BRCA1 and BRCA2, related to hereditary breast and ovarian cancer. Um, there are some direct-to-consumer products that are testing for these genes, but there are hundreds of possible mutations that can cause that cancer risk in those genes, and they only screen for a few of them. So they're picking things that are more common in certain populations, only testing for those, so you're not actually getting a comprehensive test. So if you do have any concerns about those conditions, especially if there's a family history of breast cancer, you really need to be talking to your doctor about getting a clinical genetic test. Got it. So even if you do one of these direct-to-consumer tests, you still would recommend seeing a genetic counselor? Absolutely. Got it. And uh, I just saw recently a viral social media post about a family who had been gifted it and found out uh, some paternity information that they didn't want. Is this something you've seen before? It definitely is. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's important to keep in mind when ordering these tests is, you know, since it is tracing your genetics and if you opt to be able to contact family members, be linked with other family members, there are cases where someone orders this as a gift and then finds out um, that there's a case of non-paternity and might actually find their actual biological father Mm -hmm. um, and possibly siblings, other family members. Um, So for some people, they think that is interesting and something that's Mm -hmm. great. And for other people, that's caused a lot of emotional distress. So, um, of course, no one thinks that's going to be the case that happens to them. um, But it is something to keep in mind is it can open a can of worms in some cases. And are there any other risks or issues to keep in mind when dealing with these direct-to-consumer at-home tests? So one of the major things is privacy. So again, each direct-to-consumer product has its own fine print, own paperwork. So making sure you're reading, are you comfortable being contacted for research information? Are you comfortable with them using de-identified data or potentially you know, giving this information to other systems? Um, you know, there have been cases where we've cracked cold cases through these direct-to-consumer wow. because they've linked through family members found the perpetrator. So definitely reading the fine print. Yeah, that's definitely very interesting. And you had mentioned earlier that 10 years ago, maybe it would have been thousands of dollars to have genetic testing done, but that the cost and the accessibility has really gotten a lot better over time. Where do you see the future of genetic counseling? Yeah, with the genetic testing, it's only coming further and further down. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another reason why people are leaning towards these direct-to-consumer products is people often tell me they think they're more affordable. If I go to my doctor, this is going to be $2,000. If I order online, it's going to be $100. Um, But it's really come down a lot, even in the clinical world. So definitely people should talk to their doctors. Mm -hmm. There's options as low as $250 or even less for some clinical tests. Um, but I do think you know we're seeing the field of genetic counseling expand right. because of a lot of this. And so there's constantly a new indication. People are sometimes confused about their direct-to-consumer tests or even their clinical tests. Um, so definitely, if you have any questions or concerns about a clinical or even a direct-to-consumer test, um, you'll ask your doctor for uh, a recommendation for a genetic counselor in the area. Yeah, great advice. You're listening to the Women's Care Florida podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Lash, here with Women's Care Florida genetic counselor, Devin Fenley. Devin, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
We will be back soon with another interesting and informative episode to talk about how Women's Care Florida is redefining health care with their 16 Orlando area locations. For more information, go to womenscarefl.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.